Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, uh, this edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you a little bit more about their Lexington location in just a bit. You know, Kyle, we could just, if we wanted to fill up this whole podcast and not have to think much, we could just run down all of Kentucky's scoring plays, <laughs> and that would probably take up the yeah. uh, the 30 minutes we need to, but uh, we're going to talk about the win. We're going to talk about what it means for Kentucky going forward, specifically bowl games, and then we're going to talk about it in a historical context, but we're going to start with, of course, just the game overall, and I mean, it was kind of, it was pretty, pretty close to done early, even though I guess Louisville was technically... You know, within a score or two for most of the first half. Yeah, I mean, uh, Louisville was as bad as advertised. You know, we had Eric Crawford on here, and he didn't offer any reasonable hope that that Louisville was going to make it a competitive game, and they didn't. And they, I think, they gave up. And I think um, it is object. I think I tweeted this last night. It is objectively the worst Power Five defense I've ever seen, ever. That was the fifth consecutive game that Louisville gave up 50-plus points and the seventh time of the season. They are – oh, let me check real quick. I for, was, of all the things I looked up, all the stats I looked up, I forgot to look this one up. Uh, scoring defense. I believe Louisville should be – They're not the worst because I saw the graphic today on SportsCenter. They Center. are 128th out of 130. By uh, So apparently UConn is just abysmal. They set the record for most points allowed in a – Division One football season, they gave up 605 points. Yeah, Louisville, <laughs> Louisville gave up an average of 44.1. <laughs> that is awful. Um, you know, if you want to do another, uh, if we want to take up the whole podcast without much work, we could just go dead air for the amount of time that Lynn Bowden was open, oh waving goodness. his arms on his first touchdown catch. Yeah, the most comical wide open touchdown ever. He's like backpedaling, waving his arms. Like, throw it to me, 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 throw it to me. And then it, and then they threw it to him, and he was standing all alone in the end zone. It, I mean, he, I think he was, what, like the 10 or 15-yard line when he started waving his arms, yeah. and he kind of just backed into the end zone and stood there and waited, and still no one came to get him, and Terry Wilson threw him a touchdown. Well, he is a little bit shorter you yeah. know, than, than most other wide receivers, so maybe they just overlooked but, him. It, uh, just a horrific defensive effort. And it was, whatever the defense, it's exactly what Kentucky needed to do. It's what Kentucky fans needed Kentucky to do, which is just demolish a team that, that you should demolish. And like I said also last night on Twitter, bonus points that that team is Louisville. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you had the fourth string, third, fourth string running back. How do we say his first name? Cravassier? It's Cravassier, like the alcohol. Yeah. Smoke, awesome. Long touchdown run. Uh, A.J. Rose, 75-yard touchdown run. Benny Snell went over 100 yards, two touchdown runs. There were 600 total yards, 601, I believe. That's insane. Uh, you know, uh, Ali caught a touch that long touchdown pass, hadn't caught one all year. Uh, just, a, just a total demolition. Uh, all the defensive guys got in on the action. Um, Cash Daniel who I think I saw a quote from him on Twitter that I don't know who gathered it, but that said, uh, Cash Daniel said something like, you know that high school team that knows they can't beat you, so they just want to fight you? Mm -hmm. That's who we were playing tonight. There was a bunch of chippy stuff from Louisville, predictably. 
Yeah. Uh, as as you know, Eric Crawford said, watch out for that, and it happened. Uh, Mickey Crum kind of lost his mind. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't leave when he was arguing with his coaches, uh, and then of course they sent him back into the game anyway. But it was just an all around nightmare for Louisville, and uh, you know I think cathartic sort of thing for Kentucky and Kentucky fans to put an exclamation point on what has it been alternately a really exciting and then disappointing and then I think exciting again yeah. season and I think it was the kind of finale that could allow most reasonable almost every reasonable Kentucky fan to go yeah this was a totally successful season yeah and the, the kind of the interesting thing you, you talked about some of the linebackers and those are the those are the guys that led the team in tackles. Cash Daniel had eight total. Three of those uh, were tackles for loss. And then you had sacks from two other linebackers. Chris Oates and Josh Allen both had a sack apiece. And uh, Oates had five tackles. Allen had four. And then Jordan Jones, who also played a really nice played game. Played a really had, good game. Had two tackles for loss and had four tackles. The tackles were pretty spread out because by the end of the game, Kentucky was was playing a lot of second stringers. So yeah. you, when you look through the, the box score there, you see a lot of one tackle, one tackle, one tackle from a bunch of guys that don't normally get a ton of playing time. But, you know, that kind of balance right there at the top is uh, for a concern going forward about losing so many great defensive players off this team, Chris Oates and Cash Daniel, you know, being the top kind of shows that there are there is a good future uh, for that side of the ball. And Josh you know, Pascal got a tackle yeah, for loss. Yeah, so we'll talk about that probably because we got a lot of bowl stuff to lead up to. Um, but the the other thing, you know, I kind of I thought that with this game is you – you saw Terry Wilson kind of take, I guess, the next step because he's been good in some games, the Florida game specifically, but he kind of faded. And I guess after the game, he did mention that he was battling injuries through part of the season, and they didn't admit it at the time. Um, but it was pretty clear that something was up in the middle part of the yeah. season after he performed so well early and then wasn't running it as effectively, and he was back to what seemed like his old self. Yeah, and and you could take a lot of what you could, you kind of diminish what he did last night by saying how bad that Louisville defense was, but he also made three or four really really good throws. Mm -hmm. The touchdown pass to Ali was perfect uh, down the left side deep for a touchdown. The uh, the second uh, Lynn Bowden touchdown was a, a strike down the middle, hit him over his shoulder out, going out of the back of the end zone for a touchdown. He made some nice throws, a couple great runs, seventeen of twenty three for two sixty one and three touchdowns passing, 10 rushes for 79 yards and a touchdown rushing. So, you know, 340 yards and four touchdowns with one turnover in the rivalry game, that was a big punctuation yeah. uh, for him as well. And, and again, this is a sophomore, a guy who was in JUCO. He was at Oregon, didn't play, redshirted, then JUCO, now Kentucky. This was his first season playing real college football. He's a sophomore. He conceivably has two seasons left. And I think if you said before the season you're going to get 17, almost 1,800 passing yards, over 500 rushing yards, and 15 touchdowns with 68% completion percentage out of your sophomore JUCO quarterback, that's pretty good. That's really good. You know, uh, you know, I think he ended up with eight interceptions and a handful of fumbles as well. You got to throw that in there, but it wasn't. It it, it didn't end up being an astronomical turnover number, and so. I think they have got to feel really good about the offense moving forward, and I think it's going to be a better offense next year, even if Benny Snell leaves. I know that's crazy to say. But A.J. Rose had over 500 yards 
uh, of total offense this year and yeah. six touchdowns, ran for ran for five and caught one. He's much better out of the backfield catching the ball than Benny Snell. Yeah, and I he's mean, he's a breakaway. He's a home run guy, and they, yeah, and they that, missed some of that a well, little bit. And that that Benny, you know, had had some some injury issues through this season as well. And I think even in this game, uh, he had a back a back spasm yeah. or injury that was that was kind of hindering him to a certain extent. I, I did find it kind of funny that he had ninety nine, and then he goes in for that garbage time, picks up the yards, and they're just not going to send him back in. Yes, because that's a, that's another record. Uh, that he just tied was the fact that I think that was his 18th 100-yard game, which is a record that Sonny Collins and he now share. Yep. And obviously he wants to get over 107 in the bowl game because that means he will be Kentucky's leading career rushing record holder. And so, uh, you know, projecting that forward, it sounds like he's definitely going to get in uh, play in the bowl game. And a couple other guys have some decisions about that as well. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but first, I did want to tell you guys real quick about Skyline Chili. The holidays are here, and that means one thing. Getting together with family and friends at Skyline Chili. There's something about Skyline that just makes you feel good. That secret recipe chili on a pair of cheese conies or a three-way with freshly grated Skyline cheese is a perfect combination of flavors. But it's more than just an incredible food. It's community gathering place. That's what makes Skyline so special. Good food, good service, and good people. They greet you at the door and set you up with a bowl of oyster crack when they take your order. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Every time I go up home, I normally visit my friends, and when we go out, we go to Skyline up in northern Kentucky. But now, here in Lexington, we got a Skyline of our own. You can visit the Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kreme. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good, it's Skyline time. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Uh, so Kyle, we'll, we'll, that's obviously such a big topic about guys sitting out bowl games, and it's kind of a newish thing. It, you know, in the most more recent years, some guys have been doing it. Uh, as I said in the last bit, there go. I think Benny Snell is definitely going to play because he wants that record so bad. Yeah, Josh Allen, I guess, has a decision to make too. Some other guys you can get into debates with about C.J. Conrad. What left? What does he have left to prove? Uh, Mike Edwards, you know, there's a bunch of draftable guys, but I feel like they will want to. Most of those guys will want to put some more tape out there for NFL guys to kind of evaluate them on. Yeah, and that's a that's a stage too. I mean, you're going to play a good opponent in a high profile game, and unless you're look, unless you're like a first round pick, yeah, maybe second round pick, it doesn't make any sense to to sit out and mm-hmm. say I've got you know I'm bolted on my teammates for to protect my fourth round status. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're trying to improve that status, so go put a big game on on film. But yeah, I, I think both those, I think both Benny and Josh will play because of who they are, for various for for Josh Allen because of who he is, and for Benny Snell because of what he still has out there. And let's as we tie a bow on the regular season, what was a historic regular season. I think we should get into some some of the like big picture numbers. One being nine and three. Um, I did real quick before we jump over to that. I did want to mention the fact that, you know, Josh Allen after the game said that it, he'll talk to his family about it and he's got to kind of think about his future in, in that regard. And so, uh, in theory, if Josh Allen did sit out, it would make a little bit of sense to me because yeah, he doesn't have a, a he a, is a, a first rounder. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's probably going to be a top ten pick yeah. if if things hold true. So. I wouldn't have an issue with that, but I think all the other guys, in my opinion, probably should play, and it would benefit them to play. 
both in the record books and, you know, for their NFL future. So, all right, let's get into the historical perspective of it, Kyle, because it is pretty impressive. Yeah, and at first I'll go team, and then I'll go a little Benny and Josh Allen. So, so team-wise, 9-3, and three, um, it's the first time they've won nine games since 1984, which is that, that alone is impressive. But to put it a little finer point on it, since Bear Bryant went 11-1 and one in 1950, in the 68 years of Kentucky football since then, this is now the third nine-win season. Three times in 68 years post-Bear Bryant. It's a really big deal, and people mm-hmm. are mad that it's not 10-2. and two. There are still some people that are upset. And watching Tennessee again get drubbed by somebody that Kentucky beat, That's Missouri did it. Uh, Florida did it right. Florida did Florida beat down Tennessee. I know they beat Tennessee and then Vanderbilt just did it badly with the bowl game on the line. It's very frustrating to people that they went and got embarrassed in Knoxville. And I get that it was their worst game of the year, but I was thinking about this this morning. Like you're not going to stoop says this all the time. Unless you're Alabama, you're not going to play 12 good games. Mm -hmm. Kentucky played one bad game all year. Yeah. Just all-around bad game. And it happened to be the Tennessee game. But they played one bad game. And the others, it's like, okay, Texas A&M. You lost at Texas A&M in overtime. Texas A&M just beat LSU in a seven-overtime game last night. Yeah. And was a nine-win team, ranked team. That was a good that's, – that's not a bad loss. It's not a bad game. The, de- the offense didn't play great, but the defense was great yeah. in that Texas A&M game. And then you lost to Georgia. That's – you know, fighting for is playing in the ti- SEC title game and playing for a chance to get in the playoff. Those are not bad games. You played one bad game. It was Tennessee, and you won nine games. Like it's a great season. I mean, I just it's an unmitigated great season for Kentucky football yep. in sixty-eight years since Bear Bryant was in town. There have been three nine-win seasons at Kentucky, and this is one of them. If you told anybody before the season you're going to win at Florida and end the streak, you're going to destroy Louisville, and you're going to win nine games and go to the Citrus Bowl, people would say, where can we build the statue for Mark Stoops? And they should still feel that way. They should still feel that way. I forget if it was on this podcast or where it was exactly, but like a preseason prediction kind of thing, I said that I was projecting, I think, seven wins in, in my estimation, and I said yep. they'd go into the Louisville game, and if they won that game, that UK fans would have would find one of those old style Pharaoh chairs from ancient Egypt <laughs> and, and carry him <laughs> and carry him back down the interstate from Louisville to Lexington, and that would have been for an eight and four season. And that's just looking at the yep. schedule because you know you didn't even I don't even think you mentioned um, the Mississippi, Mississippi State, State yeah. which is it what what did they end up nine wins too? I, mean, they're, I, they're I, ranked. I believe. So Florida's ranked 10th right now. I think Mississippi State's like 17th in the new poll, new coaches poll. Yeah. Kentucky's 15th. You got two wins over ranked teams, blew out Mississippi State, yep. handled Florida on the road when yep. you hadn't beaten them in 32 years, broke the most miserable streak in your program's history. <laughs> that's still, it's and still you, crazy that that's then, over and, finally. And with then those two things, two ranked wins, a major streak ends, and you, you beat Louisville fifty six to ten to cap a nine win season. The Tennessee game was their worst game of the season, and it sucks because you know for them because they could have 
they could be ten and two. But nine and three doesn't happen at Kentucky. No. Two other times in sixty eight years. So that part of it is significant. And the other thing I would say, you sort of take a moment to go uh tip your hat and appreciate what has happened here from two and ten in Joker's final final season. They brought in some guys that will be all timers, and Benny Snell is one mm-hmm. of them. He has he's now got back to back thirteen hundred yard rushing seasons and three consecutive thousand plus rushing seasons. He's a hundred some yards away from the all time school rushing record as a junior, and he now has forty six rushing touchdowns. Which in SEC history, Herschel Walker and Tim Tebow are the only guys. With more, and he tied uh, Kevin Falk from LSU. Who punched a guy last night <laughs> <laughs> as a quality control assistant or something like that. He apparently, the story goes that some credentialed member of A and M's party. My theory is uh, that it, it's a a staffer that is on the sideline because he's wearing like this bright red yeah. shirt and it's not A and M colors. I think he's one of the play, signal play callers. I would yeah. I would guess. But, but to tie it back to Louisville, the the story goes that he, uh, Cragthorpe, who was Louisville's head coach for a while in a miserable era for them, uh, is now on LSU staff and he's suffering from Parkinson's. Oh wow! Uh, it's a sad story. Apparently, this guy, uh, in some way, hit it, hit or pushed or did something to uh, Cragthorpe. And Kevin Falk handled it. <laughs> so I'm curious to see where that story goes, if anybody gets in trouble. But uh, anyway, point being, what is my point? Oh, 46, yes. Now, 46 rushing touchdowns. Only Herschel Walker and Tim Tebow have more than Benny Snell in their career. He's had a great career. Uh, and then Josh Allen. He got another sack last night. He leads the SEC. He increased his totals. He, he leads the SEC by four by three sacks. He's got 14 sacks, 18 and a half sa- uh, tackles for loss. Those both lead the SEC, and he leads the nation in forced fumbles five. He has had a first-team, unanimous first-team All-America, maybe National Defensive Player of the Year. I voted for him. Caliber season. Um, and, and as we said, he's going to be a top, probably top 15, if not top 10, NFL draft pick, a two-star recruit who was 200 pounds uh, when he came to Kentucky. You know, that's the other thing. They got Lynn Bowden. That was a big-time big time recruit, and yeah. they've gotten some big-time recruits that have made a big difference. But they've also, the mark of a program, especially a program like Kentucky that's trying to climb from the bottom, is to get to hit on some guys that other guys missed. Benny Snell was a guy Ohio State didn't want, and he grew up in their backyard. Yeah. Three-star recruit. Now is going to leave as one of the all-time best running backs statistically in SEC history. Josh Allen was a two-star recruit that literally no other Division I programs wanted. No, None. Zero. They, they were, the way I understand. They were begging Rutgers to take were, him. They, his they, home they, state school. His co- the coaches, his high school coaches, and everyone around yeah. there were just, please look at this begging. kid. No one wanted him. And he is going to be a top 15 pick. And he's going to, you know, he's going to be... He's going to be. He's gonna, he already has all the UK, well, but I, mean, I assume he's going to be very high on the SEC uh, record list. He'll be at all the big award ceremonies because he, you know, he's on the the finalist list for, and I can't remember all the names of the awards, but the top defensive player of the year. I mean, the the, the, the linebacker. I think he's got to be almost a lock for the linebacker uh, award um, since he's there because the two guys he's up against, the Clemson defensive lineman and Alabama defensive lineman for the 
the defensive player of the year. You know, obviously they're both linemen, so I would imagine he's going to run away with the linebacker awards. I mean, he's going to have a ton of hardware. Yes, I, I would imagine, and you know, it'll be it'll. I don't know. I guess he probably won't get invited to the Heisman thing. That probably is just out of his reach, I'd imagine, right now, if I had to guess. Yes, I would think. Um, but he'll still be around those that ceremony stuff because they're all kind of held together the way I understand them. Yeah, and so point the point being here, whether it's from the, the big picture, you know, history, doing things you've never done as a program, or the individual picture of look at what you've, you know, Mark Stoops has given this fan base to enjoy this great running back, this great defensive player. He's not been perfect. I've been very critical of Mark Stoops at various times of things that as he was having head coach learning, you know, growing pains, uh, making some mistakes. I, I do think that the Knoxville game was kind of inexcusable, but this was a very special season and it's been a very impressive run because you, you Joker's last season's two wins. Mark's first season, two wins. And that is a that was an OVC team that he took over. That was a team that probably couldn't have won the OVC. I mean, honest, honestly. No. Two wins. So they go two wins, five wins, five wins, seven wins, seven wins, nine wins. That's growth and progress and yes. taking steps. And, you know, we talked ad nauseum about how close they were to nine wins last year. Um how close they were to 10 wins this year, but are you building to something even bigger? I mean, they could end up with 10 wins mm -hmm. by the time the bowl game is over. Uh, I just think if you are a Kentucky football fan, uh, I know you want more. Everybody, I mean, everybody does. It's, it's natural, but man, I would, I would let this thing marinate and uh, relish this, this run that they're on because it just, they, there haven't been these runs since Bear Bryant left town. This is as good as it's been. And, you know, that can all go away quickly. Um, they're going to lose a bunch of guys next year. I actually think they're in a good position, certainly on offense. I mentioned kind of in passing earlier. I think the offense is going to get better next year mm -hmm. because I think Terry Wilson will continue to take steps. Lynn Bowden has become a breakout star. You know, we've barely mentioned he, uh He uh, passed Anthony White for the second most receptions as a sophomore at Kentucky. At Kentucky, uh, only trails Derek Abney, who was a historic player in yeah. itself. So, I mean, he is in, he's already in kind of rarefied air in some historical names for, for the Kentucky program. A, yeah, and he's he's got 62 catches. He's fifth in the SEC in catches. 62 for 661 yards, five touchdowns. His very, very first punt return a couple weeks ago, yeah. he asked to return a punt, ran it back for a touchdown. He's got over 500 kick return yards. Um, he's only going to get better. I think, as we mentioned, A.J. Rose, I think, gives him a different kind of running back, but mm -hmm. maybe a more of a home run threat. And then you add some of these pieces they're adding, and, and particularly uh, Wandale Robinson, who is very explosive. I, I, I just think you they maybe get even better on offense. So, again, and that's another one of those star recruits that they look like they were out of it for, and, and Mark Stoops was and company were able to, to lure in. This is a really, I don't want to say golden age, but I mean it's pretty pretty darn close to a golden age of Kentucky football in the post Bear Bryant era. Yep, and we will look forward to the bowl game in a minute, and then I'll also share something that scared me after the game. But first, I want to tell you guys about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game; you need to watch the game. I'm not gonna lie; the last Kentucky home basketball game wasn't too super exciting. 
So I had my Sling TV app open on my laptop on the upstairs of Rupp Arena and was watching some other basketball games. Um, Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, all kinds of sports. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime, and as I mentioned, every time you upgrade and downgrade your package, depending on what you're feeling at that time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we'll wrap Kyle with bowl projections. It sounds like Kentucky is nearly a lock for the Citrus Bowl. Um, the Everything... That I've heard, who I've talked to, when you look at all the, the national sites when they're projecting these things, uh, it'll be either Penn State or possibly North Northwestern. Northwestern, I, I guess? Yeah, so uh, either way, but I, I, I would, if you're venturing, I guess, it's probably Penn State, but Kentucky seems to kind of be locked in the way I understand everything. It'd be a great bowl. New great. Year's. That's a gr- also, what a great opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. Because I think Penn State's reeling a little bit, and... They've had, obviously, a disappointing year. They had national title aspirations at one point. They do have a dangerous quarterback. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, that will be that would be very interesting to watch. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what to – I don't know what – Well, we can get into yeah, it. I mean, eventually, yeah. obviously, these will become for certain when uh, all the championship games are done. But that, But that, you know – that's a big time bowl. That's I think a big that deal. Would be, it's a big bowl, and it would be. I think it would be great for them if it's a name brand. Yes, I mean, North, Northwestern would be fine. You get revenge for last year. They've had a really good season. They're playing in the Big Ten championship yeah. game. It's not like uh, it would be a, a boring. It, yeah, yeah. Bad. I don't think it would be. It would light up the. But Kentucky, and also, I, as I went kind of brain dead there for a second, uh, trying to spit some thoughts out. I was trying to remember. Basically, the last time they played in a big-time bowl game, it was against Penn State. Yeah, the, the Outback Bowl. Bowl. The opportunity there, if you beat Penn State to get 10 wins and in that's, a major bowl game, you've beaten Florida, Mississippi State, Penn State, crushed well, Louisville. That is, again, we go back to forget Tennessee, unmitigated success of a season. Yeah, and if Kentucky. you and from a recruiting standpoint, you're, back, you're beating up some Big Ten. If you can beat a Big Ten school like Penn State, you're probably heading up against them in some of those – Ohio recruiting battle. I think so Vince that, would use that in uh, in Ohio. Of sure. course, I think Vince will use anything. Finally, something that scared the heck out of me. Kyle, did you see what SEC Network tweeted out after the game? A picture. I'm going to show Kyle this live, and we're going to get his reaction. It is an edit of Mark Stoops. Oh my god! <laughs> I will describe it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, turn it back. <laughs> It is Mark Stoops as Colonel oh, Sanders wow. holding a bucket of KFC. Grill. No, yeah, but it says Kentucky Fried Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got a UK logo on his white Colonel Sanders jacket. He's got the little it's the most hair Mark Stoops has had <laughs> <laughs> in twenty years. Oh, we'll retweet it from the show account so you can check it out on Twitter at Locked On UK. But it's. It is kind of scary. It is scary. It, it's like, uh, I don't know. I hope maybe one day, like in 
20 or 30 years, this will be Mark Stoops coming back as Grandpa Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have to get some a wig. But well, the uh, there's technology is advancing all the time. One one of the pictures though after the game of him was about the most bleep eating grin I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean he was very pleased. I think. Well he should be as you as you laid out <laughs> what they were able to accomplish this season. So as I mentioned, we'll have that picture on Twitter at Locked On UK. Be sure to be also following Locked On Kentucky on Facebook, and we will be sharing information there. You can follow Kyle online at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And on The Athletic for all his writing. You can follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and you can hear me on the radio on WLAP. Just I'll send out all the links on my social media, so stay tuned there. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Skyline Chili for sponsoring this edition of Locked on Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. You good, Kyle? I'm good. Check, 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 check.